This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, good morning, Canada. Zacchino and Scully with you, and we are live on location, Oakdale Country Club, for our national championship, the RBC Canadian Open. Good morning, Skulls. Good to be here. We're back. We're back. I mean, we did this last year. Mm-hmm. Five days of Golf Talk Canada. We've got 10 to noon every single day this week, and on 1050 Radio, iHeartRadio, and simulcasting on TSN2 television. So we are across the board, coast to coast. And on Wednesday, we'll be joined by First Up on location, Mm -hmm. as well as Overdrive. And they'll be with you right through till Friday. But we're here for five days, and it's a big week. It's a big week. And looking back to last year, when we were on the ring hole at St. George's, that was my favorite week of the year. That was a lot of our viewers, our listeners, their favorite week of the year. What a week that was. Of course, this week, so many storylines. Rory McIlroy looking for the three-peat, a host of Canadians. It's going to be a great week. And I don't know if you remember last week. You asked me, Golf Talk Canada Rail, you asked me about Rory. Yeah. And I said, he's probably going to play pretty decent at Memorial and then play great at the Kennedy Open and really get our hopes hopes up for the U.S. Open and then all bets are off. Did I not say that? Are you psychic? Where yeah. He had a chance to win. Yeah. We're going to get into the Memorial. Oh, but, yeah. you know, in the Sunday, <laughs> and more Bob Rotella talk and uh, sports psychology. Daddy. and Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we'll get into that. And, of course, our hopes are up and whatnot mm-hmm. for uh, this week as he's going for a three-peat yeah. this week, which is just, you know, historic potentially historic week here at mm-hmm. Oakdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he'll go to the U.S. Open, looking for his first major since 2014. We're going to get to all that today. We're going to break down the memorial. Today's going to be a bit of a bow on the week that was mm-hmm. because a lot of storylines coming out of the memorial. We had a huge week for Canadians in the world of golf, three Canadian winners uh, across three different tours on, on, in the world of golf. So we're going to get to all that today. Winners weird and what, yada, yada, yada. However, can you yada, yada, winners weird and what? Uh, I just well, did. We can now. <laughs> I mean, we make rules on the fly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, but first, right off the top, before we get into it, mm. Bob Weeks is late for the show yeah. because the crown prince, James Dunn, needed to get a chariot lift mm-hmm. back to the media center. He's playing in the celebrity uh, golf tournament today, the celebrity pro-am. And the last thing he said to us when he yelled upside, he said, hey, boys, how are you? I'm worried. What if they show up in the pro and expect Rory McIlroy and they get me? That's right. <laughs> what he yeah. said. So, but he's on the tee in two hours. Yes. You know his, his team is here. His, you know the psychologist, uh, fitness trailer. You know the the works. They're all they're all ready to rock. But Jimmy, you're on the tee in two hours. Like, couldn't make the walkover. Maybe I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's 200 yards, Skull. Yeah. It's 200 yards. I mean, I'm a little concerned. You gotta go downhill and then uphill. And then a little up. It's the uphill part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe. So when Bob gets back from his uh, chauffeuring duties, mm-hmm. uh, he'll join us here on set for the remainder of the show. Okay. Uh, big week though for you personally. Huge personal weekend for Adam Scully. Let's talk about the major right off oh, the top. Yeah. You and Mama Scully now a three-time, three-time parent-child champion at Bayview Golf and Country Club. Congratulations. What, just what were the highlights of the day? I've got to thank my team. No, it was, uh, it was a great day. Uh, we didn't have our best stuff, I will say that. I put Mama Skulls in some spots that were 
not I didn't know some spots were there were available you know if you go uh, if you're at the second hole at Bayview Golf and Country Club about 45 yards right of that fairway that's where we were there there were some interesting spots but Mama Skulls putted it very well she chipped it very well my short game was okay have to give credit to the Golf Canada team from last week because you talked to me a little bit about this. Yeah, I, I'm still my yeah. injury reports. Not we, we, good. Got, we got the image there. Look There's at a, that. Look at that. Got to thank Joe from the bridge for that one and to our friends from Adidas that matching attire. So not that's subtle. That's not exactly matching. No, but it definitely it's looks subtle. like a team. Uh, I Let's mean, think about this. There right? was a text or 17 coordinating that yeah. outfit. First good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. That's right. It's right there. I will have to say too, our final hole. Uh, Mama Skulls put one in the greenside bunker. I might have hit one a hair off the hosel on the last hole after hitting <laughs> the a, famous Spanish player. Yes, because on our on our second last hole it was a par five. I hit like a, a low running 230 yard four iron, and I did this and I almost Sergio scissor kicked down the fairway. That there was a sprint involved, so we made a great birdie there. And then on the next hole, I might have hosel rocketed one right, literally. And Ruth hits it into the greenside bunker. Then I knife that over the green. Not great. Ruth makes the five-footer for double. For double. Ooh. And that was our worst hole by a country mile. Are you thinking there it might be slipping away? Oh, we're like, we're not doing this. And then they make the announcement now, three-time winner. So we were 78 gross playing modified alternate shot. That's excellent. Which handicap was a 71.5. And that won. And that won. That's good. So I like this because yep. everybody's handicap's in check. No You're net not 54, some... yeah. none of that nonsense. Yeah, none of that right? craziness. But no, three-time champion. It was a subdued celebration. But uh, we know that we'll be back next year looking for the fourth time. Okay. Uh, and before we move to news and headlines, also, uh, you had a, your gutsy walk. Yeah. And uh, tell our viewers, listeners what it was. And, and the goal was $15,000 to raise. Yep. And you crushed it. And we, we were so lucky to have uh, friends and family. We've raised over $350,000 now in 19 years. Uh, and over 21000 this year. Our goal is 15000 Awesome. So we're, we're very fortunate. We're very lucky. And uh, next year is our 20th year. So Oh, uh, next year's 20th anniversary. Next, 20th so we got to put the goal at twenty grand. Exactly. And get thirty. And we had new team shirts. There, there they are. There. Joe from the bridge is on, the, on a roll here there's my my good pal michael the hound dog harrison uh team adam sarah scully for those who are looking at that wondering why the name is what it is on that page but uh thank you to everyone who donated to us certainly a special day uh some new uh, people joining us this year on the walk some dogs some friends some new friends as well so uh, unbelievable experience and uh you know crohn's and ulcerative colitis we're trying to spread the word and hopefully one day find a cure for ibd that's awesome well well done thank adam you. congratulations great week weekend and uh okay let's get to it let's now it. let's let's uh let's get to uh, some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one so a little later on in the show we're going to get to some uh winners weird and what we're also going to break down hardcore into the memorial yes but here we go again guys seven under par wins on the pga tour so yeah and you know what i like to do more than anything else I mean, there's a other many than ways, a there's many other ways. <laughs> well, go there's a that. there's a good bottle of Brunello. Oh, we'll there's a good rant, yes. usually targeted at the USGA. Yes, yes. this is kind of along those lines. I love just reiterating when I'm right. Okay, I love being right, uh, almost as much as I love complaining, and I'm right again. Adam, mm -hmm. the big distance, you know, there's a distance yeah. problem in the game. We've got to roll back the golf ball once again. Two players tied for the lead 
Victor Hovland, Denny McCarthy, seven under par. It's Hovland over McCarthy in a playoff. And last week, the USGA and RNA made a formal presentation to the Players Committee of the PGA mm-hmm. Tour, followed by the manufacturers who made a presentation to the Players Committee, ca- kind of a counter-presentation. Right. So the RNA and the USGA said, you know, this is why we have a distance problem. This is why we want to roll back the golf ball. And this is why we want you on board. And then the manufacturer said, this is why we disagree. And who's going to pay for this? Uh-huh. And when we come out of that meeting, um, screaming from the hilltops, the players are like, no, we, you have not t- changed our mind at all. We don't see a problem with touching the game right now. And some players are very vocal. Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley, veterans saying, you haven't, you haven't really shown me anything else. at all on the advisory board, the player council, like they're all unhappy if this, they were going to get, go down this line. And the only two people who have been pro this, what Rory and tiger, which is, which is interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. we're trying to grow the game in all shapes and all facets. And the only people who would eventually use this golf ball would be the pros. Like for the, from a manufacturer's sake, it, this just makes zero zero sense to to go down this line it'd be expensive it would mean absolutely nothing for only a very very small portion of uh, the golfing population so i truly hope this is something that gets kiboshed here pretty quickly because it just doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense uh, as well because if you look at their other with the exception well keegan bradley uh, actually brought up a, a great point and he was a victim of the belly putter or the, I should call it the anchoring man. Mm-hmm. It's not just a belly putter. You can't technically anchor any putter anymore unless it's an arm anchor. Uh, but he was a belly putter user, as was Adam Scott. Uh, and then uh, Adam Scott anchored the broom. Um, and and he, he mentioned, hey, why are the players o- always being penalized? Here we are again with the governing bodies, uh, you know, letting the horses leave the barn. And then we try to stuff them back in. Yeah. And, then we, and then we point at the players. And I've always felt, and this is where I believe this golf ball thing is going to land. I don't know anything, but if I was a betting man right now and I could go to FanDuel, and if FanDuel gave me some uh, lollies and some odds on some lollies on where this thing's going to land, I would suggest it's going to land the way we treated drivers. And from between 2004 and 2008, in that four-year period, they dialed in the driver face to where, like, this is the most energy, the COR, the spring-like effect in a face of a driver can only exceed this number. It's trampoline effect. Yeah. Ever since then, the manufacturers have been gaining 1%, 2%, not 9%, not 15%, no. because it's, well, sim was geometry. And then twist face was safer, but these were like really intelligent gains. Now it's carbon, two miles an hour in carbon, changing the materials, learning the materials. So we're getting little, little tiny gains with super athletes that are in the gym mm-hmm. and the gains are getting larger. That's just called, that, that's just the way the world works. Evolution. evolution. That's yeah. just evolution. Why can't we just say right now, okay, guys, we're going to treat the golf ball the same way we treat a driver. This is the, we're at the ceiling. You've got to now work within this layer, this ceiling. Peeling it back would eliminate 40% of the golf balls, 60% of the golf balls currently shelved in retailers and pro shops around the world. And it would be a huge waste of money. And you, know, you could think of you know, how tennis has made subtle adjustments with their ball, but everyone uses the same tennis ball when they're right. playing tennis. It's right. not like in golf there's one golf ball that everyone uses. So this... 
I, like I said, I really hope that this is something that does get squashed. I, I don't think it will, though, because there seems to be a lot of opinion from the USG and RNA about this. Okay, could the PGA Tour go rogue? Could the, Right now, I believe if the PGA Tour had to make a decision uh-huh. today, my, my gut would tell me that they're going to say we're, we're rejecting this. Yeah. Go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. We're rejecting this. DP World Tour will follow suit. Right. And as Bob and I discussed several months ago, this wouldn't be the first time in the, in, in the game of golf that there was uh, mm-hmm. bifurcation when it came to golf ball. Right. Yep. I remember growing up as a kid in the 70s, so I was very young. I was just a, like a three, four years old. By the time we got to the early 80s, that that smaller size ball that the uh, that the RNA said you could use at the mm-hmm. open was gone, mm-hmm. and they were one uniform ball. But this is not this is not new necessarily, right? right. So right now, I I believe they would reject it. Do you believe they would reject it under the current way it's written? Absolutely, they would re- reject it. Even now, like you said before, we're getting quotes from Adam Scott, Scott Keegan Bradley that this just would create this would wreak havoc on the player advisory council that people don't want this to happen now if augusta national said something about that then that would be a different story you would think but for the pga tour i would say no what about the pga america they've got to represent thousands Mm -hmm. of pga professionals in america and then there's the federation of pgas around the world those pga players operate and own pro shops they're retailers they're merchandisers what about protecting their shelves totally and you know they've done something different this is way different obviously but with the the range finders for their tournament the bushnells which right i i think that would i think they should do that on the pga tour before changing the golf ball for sure it would speed up play so so much more Patrick harrington was yeah very open about why are we not using this why are we it's not common, using sense, common right? sense guys get off the beaten path and it just picks up so much pace he says it doesn't pick up the pace that much middle of the fairway mm-hmm. you know but but he says yeah it if it helps in small increments right. add it up over 140 plus players yeah. and add up those small increments and see what it does at the end of the day trust me from a guy who calls a lot of golf on thursday and fridays at five and a half hours on the pga tour it's too slow it's just painful mm-hmm. all right well we're going to go to break. Before we go to break, though, we're here all week. Yeah. RBC Canadian Open week. 20 weeks TaylorMade continues. Yeah. Uh, go to golf.canada.com. We're giving away over 40000 in TaylorMade prizing throughout the season. We're kind of halfway through now, are we? What week are we at, Skull? I believe it's week. We're, this week is week nine. Week nine. I so believe. almost at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. The good news is we have weekly prizes, season-long prizes, and then the season-long draw for anyone who just registered. Even if you played one week and registered, you're in for the grand prize, custom set, through the bag, tailor-made experience, top to bottom, and a trip for two to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic, five-star resort, teeth of the dog to die for, greatest places in the world, one of the best places in the world to play golf. That's the grand prize. We'll be joined by Overdrive first up later in the week starting Wednesday. Golf Talk Canada here at the RBC Canadian Open at the rink hole, the par 3 14th. 172 is it off the card. We'll see how they mm. they kind of tinker it. It was a blast. This place is going to be rocking later in the week. Can't oh, wait for this to get yeah. going. We're here all week. We'll continue next with Canadiana. We are at the Canadian Open. And three Canadians winning around uh, tours around the world will do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time. 
the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back. Golf Talk Canada on location, live at the RBC Canadian Open, the rink hole behind us here, the par 3 14th. Bob Weeks has joined us now. James Duffy is safe. You, he parachuted, tuck and roll. I did. I uh, delivered him to the uh, to the front gates of the clubhouse, and he's now in there having a massage before he takes right. off in the program. <laughs> now, uh, Bob, I will say, you and you and Jimmy had quite the reverse down a hill while driving. Like, you were, you were reversing down while you were yes. driving. Like, that seemed a little... Little, well, we, you know, we're experienced, but uh, right. we've done it many times okay. before. As as we we were, we spend a lot of time riding carts together. That's we right. Just, okay. uh, we just have fun. Like okay, to, yeah. that's that's fair. Before that's we get into the uh, the week that was for Canadiana, like great winners oh, all over, a lot of red and white all over the uh, all over the place. It was a big week for for our boy here. Yes, over twenty grand raised in his walk. Yeah, he went three time champion with Mama Scully. What a what a. What a weekend that is to it's celebrate. It's a pretty big weekend, right? Yeah, weekend. that's right. 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 And we were talking off the top. When's the last time the three of us did this? Around a desk doing the show live the way we kind of always used to do it. Uh, 1973? 1973. <laughs> it's been a while, right? It has I, been. I think it was this set last year. Probably. Yeah, I that's think probably it right. Was. Probably that right. is crazy. I really do. I really yeah. think it was. I don't wow. really get. I don't really get off the couch much anymore. That's now right. I don't yeah, have to yeah. do. I can do everything from there. <laughs> yeah. so. Bob gets up. He runs a marathon, and <laughs> yeah. then he shuts it down on the couch. <laughs> he, he flicks the light on. <laughs> and waits for the next off one. Off we go. Yeah. <laughs> Before we move on, uh, just your thoughts on uh, what came out of the uh, presentations from the RNA and USGA to the players at Memorial and some of the pushback, saying, "Man, you know what? After those presentations, kind of feel the same way about this ball rollback." Yeah, the guys are, are not real friendly with the USGA when it comes to the rules and the RNA, I should say, with that. When it comes to those rulings, you know, I think their past history of, of things like the um, long putters and just different rules that they've had, they always seem to be playing catch-up. And if you're playing golf for a living, it's it's a much different scenario than if it's guys like us, like if the ball's rolling back, we're not really going to notice it that much. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of a lot of strong points, and and you know, Titleist made a uh, a presentation too, and they said the night the ball that Tiger won the 1997 Masters would not pass the test now. So that's the what they were putting out to the to the Pack Council as well. They made a presentation, so I mean, you can see why they would be a little bit worried. These players of right. what's going on? You're you're messing with our living here. So yeah. I can understand that. And right now, Adam and I both agree that if this land, if this was voted on today, we believe the PGA Tour would reject the way it's currently written. Do you? Yeah, I, I think so. And they don't have to, you know, they don't have to play by the rules. They can make their own rules if they really feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I think they would turn it down in a heartbeat. Well, in a way, what the USGA and the RNA are suggesting anyway is bifurcation. So if they're suggesting bifurcation, then the PGA Tour could also say, okay, well, we're also going to do bifurcation. Sure. And on yeah. this tour, we're going to play this. And I brought up the fact that we're so old, we remember the little golf ball for the Open Championship. Yeah, that's right. They had a different, they had a smaller ball yeah. that they played over, not yeah. even just for the Open, but they played it all the time over in the right. DP like, World Tour. Or yeah, yeah. You're anywhere in Europe when you were playing, if you were guys like us going out for the weekend yeah. round, you'd play with a little right. World Right. It tour. was up into what, the early, very early 80s, Bob? Did it phase out? Yeah, i got to say 70s, maybe, something like that. Yeah. But I can remember. I remember it so it has to be late yeah. 70s at least i can remember finding them in my dad's golf bag you know, right the little balls yeah the little one so yeah the little and you yeah. hit them and they go a mile yeah but, i had one once and i believe it was a dunlop could be yeah wow. yeah i believe it was a all right it is the canadian open week canadians winning across the board three tours 
Uh, Miles Creighton, who's flying here as we speak, I believe. I think he maybe has landed. He may have, he's maybe. playing this afternoon yeah. in, in the Pro-Am. He wins on uh, PGA Tour Latino America this week. Stephen Ames again, Elena Sharp. Stephen Ames, did you have a chance to talk to Stephen? I didn't. I sent him a note. Congratulations. He said his, you know, he's getting filled up with Texas, so he just sent something back, said thanks. You know, nice win. Mm. The Miles Creighton story, to me, is the most remarkable one. So he flew down there to Columbia, where the tournament was, with a brand-new set of Titleist golf clubs. And the airline smashed them all. Oh, I saw that. They, yeah, yeah. He played with a borrowed set of clubs. He didn't have. He only had 12 clubs in the bag. He didn't have a, I think it was a 5-iron and a 3-wood. And he, he still goes out and wins with this. Now, I don't know if he got it. I think he did play all four rounds, because it's not like he can get a new set. So he played Columbia all four rounds with, with borrowed gear. Borrowed gear from a, one of the club pros down at the where, wherever he was playing and still comes out on top. Whoever his custom fitter is, time for a new one. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a new set waiting for him in the waiting Titleist here. trailer when he gets here. Yeah, but you got to think that if he's got a new set waiting for him, he's like, no, 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 I want these specs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not your specs. <laughs> That's right. These ones That's over right. here. And, and no more three-wood or five-iron. What a, what, what a yeah. great story that is. That's, That's unbelievable. Awesome. Pretty impressive that Stephen Ames, he is not – I'm, this is not uh, an insult. He's not a young man when it comes to championship. Yes. This is what he's doing is supposed to occur at 50, 51, 52, 53. It's only uh, Bernard Longer and, you know, a handful of guys in the history of the Champions Tour that's been able to win consistently uh, after, you know, their mid 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Once you start getting close, creeping up to 60, eh, it might one off once in a while, but it's not supposed to be like this. Three wins now. He's second in the Charles Schwab standings, which is their FedEx Cup, as it were. Yeah. And he's playing some great golf. Even the word he hasn't won, he's been sort of top tens most right. of the time. He's had a great season, and it, he's owing it to just uh, being healthy and being fit and working a little bit on his confidence. Totally. And, you know, to to be at that age, too, and playing that well, the motivation, too. And, you know, he's, he's had his son caddying for him in the yeah, past as well, cool. which is just a that's cool, cool story, right? Yeah. And to have three wins in the span, it, it's just uh, it's awesome so far for Stephen Ames. And can't wait to see what he's doing here uh, as we move forward. His, uh, his son, Robert Ames, by the way, is in the uh, qualifier for the U.S. Open today, I believe. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and, you know, we forgot to mention that off the top. It is the longest day in golf as they yeah, say right yeah. and there are 10 u.s open final stage locations occurring across canada and the u.s today including down the road at lambton uh i gotta give a shout out to my good friend andre gonzalez who is uh, at tacoma washington it's his home club no no you didn't hear the story uh-oh uh-oh he uh-oh. tweeted out late yesterday that come on he was flying home he got to chicago his flight to seattle got canceled there was no other way to get there. He could not get there in time to make his morning oh, start time. Oh, no. Yeah. Isn't that just crushing? Now, I don't know. There were some people that must trying to put something late. together uh, quickly, but I don't you know. know. He was working our PGA Tour live coverage uh, coming from St. Augustine. Okay, so that's probably so that's where he where, was. So he was, can, oh, my God. Yeah. No, it's his home club as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this was, a this was. I don't want to say a sure thing, but very, very highly likely he was going to uh, stamp his ticket to the U.S. Open. And one thing we'll have to look at, too, when Graham Dillette's on the property is who has the better mustache, Andres Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. it's pretty close. Yeah. Those are some great yeah. mustaches. That is unfortunate. Yeah. Any breaking news there? That must have Nothing. gone on pretty late. Bob. Yeah, that's uh, that was at uh, 11.52 p.m. last night. Yeah. So There you go. Wow. Wow. Oh, boy. 
All right. Well, hopefully he figured something out, and uh, he'll be on property. He's working. Uh, he's working PJ Tour live on property this week. Grim Dillette will be by later this week as he's working with TSN, and he'll be on Golf Talk Canada and with Bob on uh, Sports Center and whatnot. So it's it is a busy, busy week. On the other side, though, we need to jump into the Memorial. How do we grade this week for Rory McIlroy? Is this a, is this a step forward week or is it a step back week? Is what happened. Victor Hovland. It, it was a matter of time before he was going to win. And Scotty Scheffler, can we get him fitted for a new putter? <laughs> these numbers, Scotty Scheffler numbers, for the second week in a row and for about the fifth time this year, staggering these numbers between ball striking and strokes game putting. We'll do it all on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, live location, RBC Canadian Open, the 14th, the par 3, the rink hole, the gang is all here. And I should mention the Golf Talk Canada this week is going to kind of turn into the Sammy Modlin show. <laughs> because we're going to have Sammy Modlin, right over your head. I don't know what that is. We're going to have just random drop-ins really? from behind the curtain, right? We're, uh, at some point, Lawrence Applebaum. We're expecting David uh, Bradley from uh, Taylor Made Golf, uh, Brian Crawford, oh, yeah. uh, Graham Dillette, maybe some people from PGA Tour Live, PGA Tour Radio. I know. Uh, I, Kristen Murphy. Will Kristen be Murphy. Um, so I'm Scott gonna, Pritchard. Scotty Pritchard. Yeah, Scott Pritchard. We're going to reach out to Ralph Bauer mm-hmm. at some point as well. you got to figure Ralph's going to be on property. Maybe. Derek Ingram might, might be on property. Ian Krebin, the head professional maybe. There you go. Yep. There you go. So we're going to have, it's going to be the Sammy Modeling Show. We're just going to walk in, step in. I feel like we should be serving, like, scotch neat or something. If they, oh. You know, and just. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't 10 a.m., yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's why we're only going to serve white wine. That's an Italian <laughs> breakfast cocktail, white wine. All right. Uh, Victor Hovland. The, the win was coming. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Got to feel bad for Denny McCarthy, though. Two drives cost him this championship. He put lights out. Got it in the rough on 18, forcing him to lay up, not able to get up and down. And then the drive wayward on eight on 18 in the playoff. It's really two swings of the bat, or Denny wins his first tournament for the first time ever on the PGA Tour. He's been out there six years. Victor Hovland, there's not a week that goes by in a, in a designated event or a major right now where, where Victor Hovland isn't hovering in a top 10. The win was coming. Agreed? It certainly was, and you know, you look at you mentioned the designated events, you mentioned the bigger events, T three at the Players Championship, T seven at the Masters, of course, that duel with Brooks Kepka at the PGA Championship, and even thinking back to last year, he finished to T ten at the at the Players Championship in twenty twenty two. The Open Championship had that duel with Rory McIlroy down the final stretch. They were in that final group that Sunday, and he's really shored up that short game, mm-hmm. which was obviously early in his career when he said he flat out said my chipping sucks. And now he's gotten a lot better in that regard. He's way more consistent, too. So for Victor Hovland, as Phil Mickelson tweeted it, which we'll get to later in the show, some of his tweets and his rampage on Twitter, he said that he should be, that Hovland should be one of the favorites at the U.S. Open next week. And it's hard not to agree with that statement. It's going to be interesting, Bob, with Hovland at the U.S. Open, though, because obviously he's on everybody's radar, apparently on Mickelson's as well. <laughs> 
But from what I've been told and from what I've seen and from the reading I've done so far, and I've never been on the property, but quite a bit of the rough has been been removed from the green complexes at LA Country Club. It's going to be firm, a lot of shave down areas, a lot of runoff areas, which means you got to be comfortable with the tight lie pitch and chip shots. You need to pinch it. Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth. Mm-hmm. Do we think that Victor Hovland's chipping and pitching has improved enough to get to that point there on that style of a golf course? I think you'd have to wait and see because certainly it wasn't that way at Memorial. It was all, you know, hack it out and and try to find some touch through the long stuff. But I don't think that he has proved to himself yet that maybe he's that confident. We'll see. I think if you can build on it in the early rounds, maybe it'll go a long way. But he is, as, as Adam was saying, he's worked really, really hard. And trying to get that part of his game in in place, and I think he's done a good job with it. Obviously, it's if you look at the stats over the years, it's kind of improved bit by bit, but incrementally big jumps this year. Not to get too far ahead because we're nine days away from our TSN Edge U.S. Open picks, oh. but those names that I just mentioned, guys, allowed. Do they fit the model of what we're thinking at LA Country Club? I mean, I would think so, and then. You know me, Mark, and how I'm always a supporter of Brooks Kepka. It'd be yes. hard not to not to think a guy like him, maybe even a guy like Xander Shoffley. Patrick Cantlay, who had a bizarre weekend at the yeah, Memorial bizarre. too. And Bob and I were all over Cantlay. We, we, we all had him. Oh, last we all time. had him this week. Yeah, we all and normally I don't agree with your picks, right. both of you. But <laughs> right. you know, we all had him last week and but he'd be a guy, you know, looking to break through at LACC and then, you know, Max Holma has that great past history at LACC too. But that those shaved areas around the green, that's going to be something to look into. Though guys who can you know, you even think back to Martin Keimer. Back in 2014 at the U.S. Open with that hybrid around the green, right? Maybe we see a lot I of I really think that next week when we get to L.A. that it's going to be guys and players that do better in almost like a, a, a Masters. Like the, the play, because I've read about you're going to be able, the Bombers are going to be able to challenge and you could get in some trouble, but you could also play it from a strategic position mm-hmm. and you need to be comfortable with tight shaved lies around the greens. I'm describing Augusta National when I'm saying that, so... Kapka always plays Augusta well. Cam Smith always plays Augusta well, mm-hmm. right? So obviously, John Rahm, a bit of a weird spot in the calendar right now for Rahm. But, mm-hmm. okay, speaking of weird numbers, Bob, in the last two weeks, Scotty Scheffler has given 26 shots away in putting to the eventual winner of the tournament. In those two weeks, he has also finished one shot away from the playoff in both of those events, giving 26 shots to the eventual winner why have we not seen a putter change, grip change, something different? And this is not just the last two weeks. This is two weeks in a row. This is really about five or six events this year where he could have easily been crowned the winner if he had a putted just poorly. Instead, I mean, putt poorly. Yeah, instead of horrible. Yeah. Uh, Scheffler gained 11.846 strokes approaching the green for the week. He lost 8.5 strokes to the field on the green. There's only one player worse on the greens than him, by the way. Do you know who it was? No. no. Rory. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, um, I think, I think Scotty's got to figure something out with the putter. I don't know. I'm not a big guy on changing your putter because it hasn't been so terrible, but maybe there's some something functional that he's doing that he's or not doing. Um, maybe he needs to have someone have a look at it, whether it's a, a guru or whether it's just one of his friends. But he needs a shake-up, obviously. Now, don't forget, this was also his fourth week in a row out there. He played yes. four in a row, yeah. so maybe he was just a little burned out by everything. But Could have quite easily been four uh, four wins in a row. It could have been. You're right. It's just it's just for him, it's got to be something he's got to figure out before he gets into uh, 
So you're not a big fan of, of just a change in putter. Big, I'm not a big fan of change. I mean, some guys I know like to change their clubs like they change their underwear. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that for me, it's it's that that club has worked for you. So why is it not working now? I don't know if it's the club, but oh, I guarantee it's not the putter. I'm only I'm only suggesting that is because you've got to trigger it. Like, how could you be standing over it right now, Adam? Thinking I'm going to make this because for four weeks in a row, all you've done is miss it. Mm-hmm. So you need to trigger something in your brain, in your putting brain, has to be triggered to think, oh, I'm going to make this. So sometimes that's just a visual change, a scoring line, a different shaped head, something, change in a grip, change in ball position. I don't know something. I would suggest has to change. Maybe it's the Bob's point. Get with a guru and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, maybe the putter's not releasing. I don't know. I haven't been standing there with Scotty on videotape. So I have right. no inside info. We don't know his, you know, we haven't spoken to his putting coach or anyone on his team. Would you change something right now? Well, whether you're a professional golfer or a weekend hacker, sometimes that quick fix does work wonders for a time being. Whether, like you said, it's a grip change, it's a saw, it's, you know, left hand low that sort of thing maybe it's the way he reads greens maybe he's over reading under reading putts it's got to be something crazy because to be 114th in strokes game putting and have 11 top 10s and 15 starts is flat out wild t to green 20.7 shots 20.7 shots better than the field t to green is ball these are legendary type of numbers Mm -hmm. And just throwing it all away and throwing what could be, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, we said, oh, you know, that's going to be his career year. And I, if he had been putting in this last stretch, the way he putted at the Players' Championship, we would be in the middle right now probably of a Scotty Scheffler career year. Undoubtedly. I mean, I think there's, there's also things you can look at and say, well, maybe there was other parts of, mm-hmm. that led to this. But I think you're right. I think Scotty Scheffler has probably had – as good a chance to win with as terrible a putting performance as anyone I can remember over this stretch of, right. of holes that he's had or of tournaments that he's had. It's just wild to think that. Like your, your, your stock PGA Tour Pro or even your slightly better PGA Tour Pro, like your you know, 50 to 100 in the FedEx Cup standings, with his putting numbers would miss the cut. Mm-hmm. They well, miss the cut every week, and he's almost winning. And conversely, if you want to put it the other way, if you gave Scotty Scheffler Denny McCarthy's putting, Win by 30. Yeah, He'd exactly. win by 30. If Scotty Scheffler had Denny McCarthy's putting, you mentioned Scotty Scheffler's career. This would be Vijay Singh in 2004. Yes. This would be Tiger Woods in 2000. Yes. This would be that good. Yeah, that's a, that, that's how good the ball striking mm. is right now. Now, Scotty Scheffler not here this week, but Rory McIlroy is. Yes, he sure is. And he's going for three in a row. Based on what we've seen from Rory over the last few weeks, Bob, was last week a, a positive? Is he under par or was it a negative because of his performance on Sunday? Is he over over par? Do you, th- do, you, do you like the first three days? Or does Sunday scare you? Yeah, no, I like the first three. I think there's improvement. I think there's. I think as he said, you know, he's getting more comfortable with where the face of the club is at impact. That's been kind of his big problem is he's struggled to try and find that place. He looked to me a little bit more comfortable playing. It wasn't like he was standing over the ball and the wheels were spinning in his head and stuff. I, so I, I kind of liked it. Um, the putter, maybe not so much, and maybe Sunday. Sunday was tough for a lot of people. Yes, I mean, the scoring average was really high, so yeah. I'm not reading too much into that one day. I think he's on the 
the rise, and I think he's just peaking for this week. This is this is the big name, big week on his calendar, right? Well, it's it the three beat, huge history on the on the line. Yeah, huge history on the line, and even when Rory went into the PGA Championship, he was talking about, yeah, it's nice to be here. Top ten would would be a great week. Like he said that after finishing, he said, I didn't really know what to expect at all. And then he has some time off, works with a swing coach, Michael Bannon, on his swing. He had it seemed like his game was in pretty good. Uh, shape heading into last week and mark you even mentioned it on our show last wednesday where you said you know not really expecting much from rory this week big week at canadian open and then we'll see for the u.s open for rory mcelroy like i haven't seen a fan duel betting book yet for the rbc canadian open but you'd have to think he would be the overwhelming betting favorite still coming off a top seven at the memorial too i'm expecting big things from rory this week i'm looking at the numbers and you know there's really not Nothing really a problem here. He's third strokes gain off the tee. You expect him to be dominant in that category. Approach the green. A little weird with the irons. 44th negative strokes gain uh, approach the green. But this is in the fourth round. And the putter in the fourth round eh, just ba- mm-hmm. barely made a thing. So his iron play and and his approach to the green is what kind of cost him on the Sunday compared to what he was doing throughout the week. He was hitting a lot of high hooks with those irons on Sunday, and that was kind of scary because uh, he loves to hit a high fade as well, right? right? And then when he did get up to, to 16, he was hitting high hooks all day, and he gets up to 16 and aims right, expecting it to turn over. And, of course, the one shot he wants to turn over straightens out on him. Right. Double cross. On. Yeah, double cross. Now, I do have the fan duel odds okay. for the RBC Canadian Open. Rory McIlroy, your favorite at plus 470. Tyrrell Hatton, second betting favorite, plus 1,000 or 10 to 1. Matt Fitzpatrick, 12 to 1. He's your third betting favorite of the Canucks. Corey Connors, the shortest odds to win at 18 to 1 right now. The eighth shortest odds on fan duel. There you go. There okay, you go. and of course, we'll do fan fan duel TSN edge picks on Wednesday. Mm-hmm as we get closer to the weekend and go from there. Um, Okay, before we go to break, though, just to put a bow on Rory then. Good? You feeling good about Rory this week? Feeling real good. I'm feeling really good about him, too. I I am curious what the reception will be like or if he has asked any questions about the social media, uh, what happened on social media over the weekend, given what Phil was going off on. I'm curious if that changes any opinions we'll, at and all. And we're going to get into that we'll in winners. But I am feeling good about his game. For all sure. right. For on sure. the other side, we'll get you caught up to date on our schedule here on Golf Talk Canada for the week, 20 Weeks TaylorMade, and also uh, Golf Canada Foundation yes. has a national 50-50 draw that uh, we're going to let you know how you can get involved with that. We'll do it all on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks and Scully here on location, RBC Canadian Open. The rink hole, the 14 here, directly behind me, gents. As we, that's going to be rocking later this week. I'm so excited for that. That's going to be awesome. I will say, last year, I spent a lot of time during Saturday's third round just sitting on our set, doing a couple of, of uh, TV hits. And the reception that Rory was going to receive, he was two groups away, and there were thousands of fans chanting, we want Rory. Like, that was... Yeah. Some of the coolest 
things did they clap? I, I've ever they did clap and then and you and Bob you and Graham and James are doing a live sports center hit and I was standing five feet away from the set producing the hit and I couldn't hear what you guys were saying because of the reception <laughs> behind it's going to be so cool he was o- he was overwhelmed uh, the last two Canadian Opens by the reception he's received, and he's like, I don't know why they've you know they've adopted me the way they have, but he's like, hey, this is awesome. Yeah. It's almost like a mini home game in a way. It's you know, with the exception of being obviously back home in Ireland, this is a bit of a mm-hmm. mini home game. Uh, to, to kick off hour two, we are going to take a dive into the field, the golf course. I want to talk a little bit about more about the golf course because you guys played it. I I I did not have the opportunity to play it. And uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are on totally. what kind of style of play. You know, I've heard Taylor Penrith suggest there's going to be a lot of wedges out here. Uh, we could see some super low scores. There is some very thick rough. Uh, we'll get into the scorecard, par 72, only the one par 5 on the front side. It's 590 yards, so that one's not a gimme necessarily. But scores could be low, so we'll jump into that an hour or two. Uh, before we uh, uh, move on, Golf Canada Foundation is running a national 50-50 draw this week in support of everything the foundation does, running the amateur game, uh, first tee program, etc. Adam, if people want to get into the Golf Canada 50-50 draw this week for the Canadian Open, how do they? How do yeah, they it's easy to get involved. GolfCanada5050.com. It's all right there, all the information you need. Like you mentioned, Mark, in support of the first tee and Golf Canada Foundation. All right, so 20 Weeks TaylorMade is continuing. We'll let you know how you can get in in case you missed the top of the show. But before we do... I'm hearing a lot of rumors mm. about Bob Weeks' clubhead speed and ball <laughs> speed this year. Uh, it started online. I know we're going to talk a little bit about the Twitter war in hour two with that Phil Mickelson apparently is in the center of. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping for a Zucchino rant. I know you are. <laughs> Maybe. But the second biggest thing that was going on online and just in my text chat and this and that were the rumors of Bob's newfound club head speed so where come on like what so let me in what's going on what have you been doing where's this speed coming from i outdrove scully uh a couple times but that was only because he hit a tree and uh, <laughs> went backwards uh i worked a lot in the winter off season i guess i worked with uh, my coach mark linton i've worked with him for many years as you guys know and old workmate yeah. of yours in the old dynamic golf days and he just kind of got me going a little bit more, and uh, it's not a huge increase, but it's it's. Uh, I think there's probably something to do. Maybe the new Stealth Two driver doesn't hurt either, so there's probably a, a few things going on. I don't know. I thought there was way more pop in the bat there, Bob. I don't know if you, you know you just had a good you know visualization process before you teed off that morning, or you just we we, were, we had a great day at Baby that morning. But man, oh man, like there was. I I thought it was 10, 15 yards in the air. I really did. I don't know. And I'm not that. exaggerating. I, I was. I texted Mark. Yeah. I said we have a segment on Monday. I text during <laughs> the round. That's what I'm saying. It was the rumors yeah. were spreading oh, like yeah. wildfire. Yeah. Well, there is. You know, I've uh, I've been I've been taking. Um, I don't think I'd pass the test if I had to pee in the cup. Let's okay. put it that way. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so 10 to 15 yards. Now I want to know what Mark Linton's doing in these mechanical changes. Yeah, I mean, we just exactly. don't we, we, have, we don't have another hour is the problem. Right. Right? It's unbelievable. Right. Now, Mark, as well, too, you know, you mentioned club at speed. We updated our, our audience on Wednesday. your injury. Yeah, things not things so good. have taken a significant turn for Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm out of commission. Min four weeks, okay. maybe six. Tear. Tear. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. So I tr- I've tried to play Weston. On Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, I saw Mark Linton. Uh, I wish I knew all this information at that point because <laughs> I would have gone one-on-one and, and got right from in the depth, source, yeah. very in-depth. Um, and I played nine holes just doing what I was told. 
from my doctor. Just you know, just smooth wave at it. Lots of extra clubs. Don't swing at it. Be careful with the driver. The longer the clubs get, the more you know extension. Going to stress it. Yada yada yada. Did nine holes, no problem. Felt great. I get up like an idiot on ten, the short par four. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to bust one up there by the green, and I rip at one, and the pain goes Ouch. shooting up my arm into my shoulder. Uh, it was like a stinger pain. Just mm. one. So the rest of the week, not so good, and that was it. So if I okay. wanted to heal completely, it's four to six weeks not doing anything. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oof. Well, Oof. That's, that's rough. We're, we're thinking about you. Yes. We yes. Are. The good news is I'm so overworked, uh, I didn't have a lot of time to golf anyway. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Glass half full. Not That's missing anything. Well, we're off to uh, L.A. next week after this. Yep. And then I got Detroit. I've got uh, Scottish Open. So... Yeah, very busy. Very so cool. 20 weeks of TaylorMade, though. You told me off the top of the show, we're almost halfway through. This is week nine of 20 wow. weeks. Yeah. GolfTalkCanada.com. It's a fantasy golf pool. So it's fun. It's free. You register. You play each week. You put in your picks. We're giving away huge prizes each week. Then a season-long prizing scale. And then the grand prize for anybody who registers, you just lucky draw for anyone at all who played. It's a through-the-bag, custom-fit set of tailor-made golf clubs, top to bottom. Get treated like Rory McIlroy for the day. And then a trip for two to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic. Uh, five-star golf resort, Pete Dye, Teeth of the Dog. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite places in the world to play golf. That's the grand prize, and all you got to do is register once to play. 11 weeks to go. What are you, what's I, I, I was going through the leaderboard. We will update the winner on uh, on social media. We'll give an official update there uh, mm-hmm. on who won this past week. Who is leading the overall? Do we know? Is there an overall leaderboard there, Scully, that you can? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm in 2,168. So well I, done. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> well doing done. well. Uh, te- uh, Toddy Tangle. Toddy Tangle. Tangle is leading your the, leader. Leading the overall, yep. Toddy Tangle. With leading, he might be leading the stats in uh, best name. That's great. That's a, that's that's a, a, great, great, that's handle. a great handle right there. Yeah. You want to give the top three? Do you have them? I would love to. Because I think uh, we're, I think we're uh, uh, prizing out the top three. Yeah, so we got Toddy Tangle at, at first, Disco Cartman at number two, and Math Rittinger. I'm not sure if I'm saying that A real name. Right. A real name yeah. in number three. At, at all, just over uh, $31 million in winnings. Wow. Awesome. There you, yeah, there you go. I can't believe how tight it is, though. If you, I, I've, I've talked to some people that have played, and they're like, I was in seventh, and they had one week with one bad pick, and now they're 1,300. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drop like a rock. Yes. So get out there, play golftalkcanada.com. On the other side, we're going to get into the field. Who's here? Who are the big names? We already know Rory's a favorite. Maybe we'll grab the FanDuel again. We've got 21 Canadians in the field this year participating in the RBC Canadian Open. And we're going to start with the chat about the golf course because you guys know way more about the golf course than I do. Tomorrow afternoon, I'm getting the golf cart, going out, going to do some recon, going to do some driving around, see if I can figure this place out. The 18th hole, we walked down uh, 18 on the way in. I know that's going to be an interesting whole part of the storyline. You were talking about that when you played it. Bob, we'll get your take on that. It's uh, basically 496, slightly uphill, but a creek that divides the par 5 at about the 225 mark. If you give yourself less than 225 in, you could get wet unless you sneak it in that throat. It's going to be interesting. Downhill off the tee. I mean, I've heard rumors of guys hitting uh, hybrid 4-iron. In practice rounds, into mm-hmm. 18 PGA Tour players that have already been out. Downhill hybrids, four irons uphill in the green. Uh, could be a nice finish, though. Three will be in play all week yep. at 18. Yep. And that's always good for TV. We'll do it all on the other side. Winner's weird and what as well. And Phil Mickelson, his rant show. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back. Golf Talk Canada on location, RBC Canadian Open. We got some a few players here popping up behind us here. Is that Aaron Rye? Can't t- quite tell from here. I believe it is. I'm looking and for the iron covers or the double glove. <laughs> yes, that'll, that's the giveaway, right? I see in two gloves going on here. I believe. It I think is. it is. I think it is Aaron. So speaking of players here at the RBC Canadian Open, let's get in here an hour or two into the field. Um, there's some interesting names in this field. Obviously, we have 21 Canadians. We're all anticipating maybe this is the year, Bob. How many times? Let's start with that. How many times will you be asked the question this week? <laughs> I've already been asked it a few. But here's an interesting thing that I found out this week. So we, we all know the last time a Canadian won, right? Mm-hmm. 1954, Pat mm-hmm. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. When was the time before that? That a Canadian oh, one. I couldn't Ooh, even begin Bobby. to tell you. I don't know. He ended a 40-year drought. It's been one Canadian winner in more than 100 years. Wow. Isn't wow. that stunning? Oh, my. There <laughs> you 19, go. 1914. Well, this might be the best year uh, in terms of a quality of field of Canadians all playing well this year. Multiple winners on the PGA Tour. Uh, opportunities at majors. We saw Corey at the PGA, obviously not the weekend he wanted. Actually, it's really not the Sunday he wanted. Mm-hmm. It's that one bad bunker shot on uh, bunker break on Saturday and then just not the Sunday he wanted. But, I mean, I don't recall this many uh, good Canadian players all playing well at the same time coming into this half. Yeah, totally, and it's it's great to see. And you know, we've saw you know during the fall portion of the schedule with Mackenzie Hughes, with Adam Svensson, and now like you mentioned, Corey Connors getting that win. Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin came close at Zurich in that partner mm-hmm. event. There's obviously these guys are pulled in a hundred different directions this week, and but we've seen it happen before. Guys get in the mix. Most recently, Jared Dutois back mm-hmm. in 2016 mm-hmm. at, uh, Glen Abbey. at Glen Abbey when he hit that sunk that bomb on the uh, 54th hole that Saturday that's been the last close really close call i believe yeah, Dave right. Hearn was kind of right there he was the year before 50. he was the year before yeah yeah, yeah. did you recall not, not again bob just not just the quality but hey we got wins hey they're there every yeah. week yeah we've got we've got five inside the top 75 which i don't remember that coming into a canadian open before and you can kind of make a case for any one of those five. Yes. Or you could make, you know, fingers crossed for a guy like a Dutois performance yeah. to come through out of nowhere. We've had some good performances. I mean, uh, Will Bateman's been playing well. Ben Silverman, mm-hmm. the one on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, How about Aaron Cockrell? 
Yeah, yes, here for the DP World Tour, yeah, right? Yeah, so, well, are you, yeah. so someone could come up with a big surprise. All right, so besides Canadians, here are some of the names that will interest our listeners and viewers this week. If you're wondering, coming up to Canadian Open, you're going to tune in this week, you're wondering, hey, what's the quality of the field like? Well, obviously, Rory McIlroy is, is, is the huge name in attendance looking for uh, three uh, Canadian Opens in, in a row. Oscar Batia is here. That's always an interesting yeah. name because Oscar, the you know, former world number one amateur, the left-hander, had to go to the Corn Ferry Tour. Now he's kind of back to the PGA Tour. Um, that's a name I think in the down the road is really going to pop out. Michael Block is here. Michael Block, of course, the famous PGA uh, of America professional that, 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 beca- that became famous overnight with his performance at uh, the PGA Championship down in Rochester here on a sponsor's e- exemption uh, this week. Sam Burns. Sam Burns, RBC ambassador, one of the top players in the world. Eric Cole. Uh, having an almost rookie of the year style campaign mm. right now for Eric Cole, you know, lost to Chris Kirk at Honda, right in that uh, in the playoff, played exceptionally well. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood uh, in the field, Lucas Glover in the field, uh, Tyrrell Hatton in the field, Garrick Higo, left-handed South African. Uh, winner on the PGA Tour in Garrick Higo. Matt Kuchar is here. Of course, Matt Kuchar's son is in U.S. Open qualifying this week, and it's a 15-year-old today. I know. 15 years old. And his hat will fly off every time he hits a driver, <laughs> like we showed on 3W a month ago. That's true. It will. Uh, looking a little further down, Kashmir Keith Mitchell here in the field. Um, Kashmir's looking tight out there today, the, too, by the way. We how about, how about the uh, the king of uh, Poland, Adrian Morocco? Uh, Adrian Morocco, that's Kaz's uh, yes. favorite. Yeah, yeah. Michael Kaczynski. Yeah, that's his right. favorite player. Um, looking a little further down here. Anyway, big names. Mike Weir, part of our 21 Canadians, which is cool. Um, Man, that's his. This is his uh, 30th appearance. How good is Isn't that? Isn't that nuts? Canadian Open. And Brandon Wu and Dylan Wu. And, of course, like every week on the PGA Tour, we will have who will be the low Wu. Mm. So... <laughs> Uh, and uh, and the names get deeper, deeper. deeper. It's, a, it's a great field. Okay, golf course-wise, though, right. we just ran through this name. Obviously, we can make a case of Canadians. In your opinion, you guys both play the golf course. I haven't. What, what kind of style of golf is going to get it done here, Bob? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of birdies, so I think you're going to have to put them up on the board in bunches. I do. I think you have to keep it straight. I mean... I don't know if you heard the story about O-Dog and, uh, no. and Brian Hayes came out here to play, and uh, they, they went through a lot of golf balls. Apparently <laughs> there were a lot of lost golf balls. I'm not even sure if they may not have finished the round. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Oh, so, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, oh. so you know, the, forever it was Hayes breaking 200 yeah. at the Nash, and I, th- I believe he shot 88, although I know that was up for debate whether it's 88 or 83, maybe a, a stroll control issue. But – the, but it was a rough ride. DNF. No, wow. I, I, I think there was more to the story. But okay. let's let's okay. Uh, let's just say that they, okay. it, you know, it was pretty tough on them. Right. And I think really, you know, I don't know about what you thought, Adam, but I thought a lot of elevated greens, slopey greens like we saw last year at St. George's, deep rough, uh, a lot of cantered fairways. So the so the the, the, the slope moves away from the the turn, as it were. Yeah, like yes. a, a, a like Olympic. Like Olympic, exactly right. like that. So I think you're going to be there's a premium on keeping the ball in the fairway to be able to hit some of the greens. I think every green here is elevated. It sure feels like that. I've, so I've been on the property now for an hour and 20 minutes or so, and I've only walked four holes, and everything feels uphill. Yeah. so Everything feels uphill. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to be a bit of a horse race, to be honest with you. So if I'm giving you 23 and a half winning score. I might go over. 
Okay. I don't think I'll take the over. I think uh, I, I think it'll be in the 19 to 22, 23 under par. I think a big thing, we will be seeing a lot of wedges. Spin control on the wedges will obviously be big. Mm-hmm. Like Bob said, the greens, uh, there's lots of slope to the greens. Depending on where the tour sets it up, you could really see some interesting pin locations if you want it. If you're short side chipping, good luck because it's too hard, especially if you are above the hole. Uh, the only shot, I believe, approach shot that is downhill is the par 3 11th, which uh, is, is, a, is a bit of a horizontally green. There's water on the left side there. But, I mean, like Bob said, you're going to have to drive it straight. You're going to have to drive it straight and wedge it well. So you see some of those numbers, you know, Rory McIlroy making seven bogeys on Sunday, a lot of them with wedges in his hand. That's, that's no not good. a good sign here. That's no good. And But that's sort of been... Uh, his throughout his career, I mean, it's here at the RBC Canadian Open at Hamilton. It rained throughout the majority of the early portion of that week. Come tournament time, it was 20 and Sunday for four days. It was a soft golf course. Last year, St. George's, it was kind of breezy throughout the tournament. Saturday night, we get dumped with rain. Sunday, it turns into a very soft target golf practice. Course. And, yeah, and for Justin these guys, Rose, Justin almost, Rose, almost with, historic with a bogey on on 18. Yeah. So I I think it really does favor uh, a straight driver of the golf ball and someone who can control their wedges very well it's an interesting layout when you consider it obviously composite golf course so we're using 18 of of 27 here on property the majority of the holes come from the original stanley thompson 18 but it shakes down to a par 72 at 7264 if we play it out from from the tips and scorecard yardage so just under 7300 yards par 72 but on the front nine there's only one par five and one par three on the front side of the golf course to arrive at that par 36 number. So it's a little different in the sense that the players only have three par fives to play for, yet we're still considering the fact that this could go super low. Bob might go over on the 23.5. I kind of heard under on yeah, the 23.5. I'll, I'll, I'll take the fan duel under odds on that one. Yeah. But uh, this could be really interesting to see how this shakes out off this scorecard here. And, you know, we don't have to wait much longer than Thursday. Tomorrow, maybe we'll get a little bit more insight from, uh, from Lawrence Applebaum yep. and, and on how they came about the decision of what holes and routing. Like, there probably was some pretty interesting decisions to make when it came to. You know, where do we do the cutoff? What holes wrap around this way? What not? Really interesting to get into that. Now, Bob, did I hear this correctly that when players go through the ninth hole to the tenth tee, they're, they're walking through basically uh, a little pavilion where fans can, are right there? Apparently, right? yeah. Apparently it's like a food pavilion. Bit, Yeah, so you're going to be walking through this concession where people are going to be sitting down and eating and, or standing up and eating and mm-hmm. drinking, I'm sure, as well. So they're going to walk Naturally. right through the uh, run the gauntlet, I there guess, you as, go. as it were. All right, we're going to go to break early because last year, Live Golf hijacked our show. And Dustin Johnson's uh, uh, bad taste and judgment uh, really hijacked the show as well. Not because he chose something different for his career. It's because being the face of the RBC Canadian Open, being the face of RBC Ambassador Program for many years, he chose the week of the RBC Canadian Open to go to Live. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm uh, dumping on Dustin Johnson mm-hmm. for last year's performance. Uh, before everybody t- tweets about how Mark's always anti-live. That's my justification. If you can defend his sit- decision during the RBC Canadian Open, uh, I hope your boss isn't listening. On the other side, you suggest that Phil Mickelson's given us a ton of material. I have not heard any of this. So we're going to get into this. Rory's involved. There's a lot involved. Like, Adam, look how excited yeah, I, I haven't know. seen if there's any popcorn around here, but <laughs> I, I might just lob this up to you and sit back and relax. We're going to do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, live on the location, the RBC Canadian Open. We just saw Matt Kuchar come through. Cooch. Older Cooch now. We've got we to decide because there's young Cooch now who's playing in the U.S. Open yeah. qualifying. He's... Uh, Having a little bit of a rough start to go, but he's only 15, so 15 he's got a little years time old. ahead of him. Yeah. All right, Adam. I know you're excited. I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay out here. Set yeah. This okay. Up. So we know Phil Mickelson, Brandel Chambly have had this back and forth, and there's been talk about they want to have a debate. And Brandel asked about doing it the Monday of the U.S. Open on the live from set, and Phil said, "Well, I got a lot going on that week." So there's there's some back and forth with that. But then Mickelson decided to turn his attention to Rory McIlroy on Twitter. Now, he didn't tag Rory in okay. this. I just want to say this. So right. this is a tweet replying to someone else on Twitter. Uh, Phil says, as worn out as McIlroy was after the Masters and his need for an offseason, Liv would be perfect for him. Problem is, I don't think there's a team that wants him on it because they have to deal with all of his... Mm. So he's suggesting that the Liv series would be a perfect professional arrangement for Rory McIlroy, but a team wouldn't take a, a team wouldn't because they have to deal with all of his mm. they'd rather they'd rather so put the chance to win the millions of dollars in the team comp- competition aside instead just because Rory would just because whine? I, I guess so that, that nice that's guy. it that's his opinion now someone else did tweet at Phil I'm just pulling up the tweet here um, so th- there's been a lot of talk about Phil and, and gambling. Yes. And someone asked him how his gambling is going. Phil said, haven't gambled in years. Almost a billionaire now. Thanks for asking. So Phil was a little Okay, so, here, so here's rails. my question. First of, first off, yeah. um, all of this is just, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's ignorant. Like, he, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. But my biggest question is, what, what is he expecting to gain from this? Like, what, I don't know. It, there was a period there, Bob, where we, we were hearing from Phil at Augusta and at the start of this year's kind of season in the spring where he sounded more scripted, uh, the demeanor was more level-headed, like I wasn't going to go to war anymore. I'm going to you know park that behind me. It's just time to play golf. I've chosen to play golf over here. I like what we're doing. I'm looking forward to the major golf season. And it looked like he was trying to like create that bri- almost, I don't want to say the bridge back because there is not a bridge back, but a bridge back in terms of acceptance and kind of laying that to rest. This now is starting to go back in the fill direction of 2022. Why now? What to gain from it? This doesn't make any sense to me. Well, this is what happens when you have too much time in your hands. He's talking about Rory not having enough time to practice his game. It seems to me like he's just going on Twitter, finding tweets, responding to them, answering questions, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but... Um, going back to that comment about he said he's almost a billionaire. I'm almost a billionaire, too. Mm. My almost is a lot more than Phil's <laughs> is. But I have a funny feeling that I don't think I don't think Phil is really that close to being a billionaire. 
maybe he I'm wants wrong. us maybe to I'm believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know enough, but it just seems to me that he's likes to spout off, off and he sits down in his chair with nothing else to do and starts responding to tweets and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, you guys know, before Liv was a reality, I was a guy who was, I I really liked Phil. I love Phil. Because, you know, I I remember texting you, Mark, when when Phil won the 2021 PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. (laughs) How it was emotional. It It was a couple of reasons emotional. It was, you know, for Phil, obviously, the victory that was so unlikely, you know, betting odds of like 200 to 1 going into that week. It was could have some people could say the ret- the true return of sports in terms yes, of fans the first time being we saw there. a crowd in terms of uh, people together yeah. again and and but Phil you know on social media he'd be hitting bombs and these low hot runners and hellacious seeds and now he's just being kind of a you know what he could put a lot of other words to, to yeah. take a line from Florida Panthers coach Paul Maurice talking d- describing Matthew Kachuk. This, he said something along the lines of, well, I could describe him saying he is a, and then a long line of expletives, and describe him as that. <laughs> Phil Mickelson on Twitter right now is just kind of being that, which it's uh, it's sad to see. Like you said, maybe he has too much time on his hands. I know like his golf game has been relatively well, shockingly amazing, given the Masters. One event where he has master true. Jedi knowledge, right. right? Yeah, but for Phil Mickelson, this is... It's it's puzzling to see. It's some people just shouldn't have social media probably or have control of their own Twitter accounts. Perhaps I don't know, but he's just kind of being a loser. Put it that way. It's <laughs> I, I understand there are a lot of people, some of which we work with, yeah. that, that have the opinion now of, and I'm kind of with it. I don't want to talk about the moral or ethical debate that we had a year ago totally it's a league now it's operating some people agree with where the money comes from some people don't agree with money comes from i also i don't believe that that we should be going to to china for olympics and i don't believe fifa should be going to these countries for world cup so it aligns with how i feel about all these things right okay and when people say well you you fill your tank with gas that is the most ignorant ridiculous comment because i don't have a, a choice of where my government chooses to purchase fuel and allow to me as a consumer to go up and put thing. I can't go to a, you know, this oil came or this gas came from here. I don't have that choice. Okay. So that's a, a ridiculous, ignorant, ignorant uh, conversation to have. But even though a year later it's here, I'm not a fan of the product itself. I find the product confusing. I don't really like the shotgun. Uh, the team aspect of, of the league does not capture me at all. I think they really missed the boat. I think people love Formula One auto racing because you have Ferrari fans and Mercedes fans, and they believe in the technology. I always thought that the manufacturers would have made a great team concept because people want to see, hey, is TaylorMade going to beat Callaway this week? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was maybe a more captivating conversation to have and, and, and better product. What I find shocking is what I just said right now is going to get me angry tweets. Why are they obsessed with the, if you don't like Liv, throw the, I'm not talking about Brandon Shambly. That's a whole other can of worms. But just as a sports consumer, put this way. If I say, Bob, you know what? I don't really care for the USFL. I don't really watch the USFL. I find the football lower in quality. You know what? I'm going to, I love football. I'm going to wait till the NFL season rolls around. I don't get lit up by USFL fans losing their mind. Why do they insist? What is this? Where does this voice come from? This gang mentality that you're not allowed to dislike the product? Yeah, I don't know. There seems to be a very uh, up in arms defense of anything you say, whether it's 
only just like on the edge of being negative. Mm-hmm. They they seem to come up there's and there's you know twenty accounts that do it all mostly f- for that part. But Phil is sort of certainly one of those guys who from time to time will come up and and completely dis disagree with what you say, but in a harsh way. I think I think sometimes it's a little bit like going back to his press conferences where you'd go in and sit down there. It was almost like he always wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. So maybe now by doing this, is, he feels like, well, I'm putting the right opinion out there. I'm saying what I think is right, and, and that therefore you all should think this is right as well. So there could be something along that, but there is certainly a real reflex of negativity when you say something that maybe you just don't like, as you said, you just don't like the, the yeah, shotgun. I think start. what I'm saying is fair. I'm not saying, oh, these are evil. This is right. I'm not, that, That's been totally. parked a year ago. I'm just saying yeah. the product itself for me is not captivating. Right. It does seem now, at least from between player to player, aside from me, from Phil, obviously, Bryson DeChambeau's had some other comments too, but it seems the players respect each other. They, they respect the decision. Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy are still friends. Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas are still friends. We saw the mm-hmm. embrace Rory and Brooks Kepka had mm-hmm. after Brooks won the PGA Championship. So there's just a select few guys who are just taking this to Twitter and they're making their opinions pos- and, or public. And, and just to continue down this road, you know, the PGA of America has their set of criteria mm-hmm. for their championship and for the Ryder Cup. Brooks Kepka is qualified as of now under that criteria. I believe he should be allowed to play. And regardless of how fair you are with your commentary, like Bob said, there's a lineup of people willing to attack you. When you're just being fair and saying that product's not for me, again, different what Chambly said. And Chambly went on you know, national TV and said that they shouldn't be allowed to play. So, I'd, And I never heard – he couldn't really – uh, and Brandel's usually really well thought out and really you know well prepared. And when 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 Faxon pointed on him and said you know like asking him to really break down why, kind of stuck for an answer. Like why why if he fits the criteria, change your criteria. Fine, can't do it midstream. It was awkward. That the whole thing's awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what debate is all about, though. You know those people. If you can do it, if you can do it properly, a debate is great. You can have good good mm-hmm. sides raising good points, and at the end of it, you walk off and you're you're still friends. But yeah. It gets very harsh and it gets very personal. That's the part where I have trouble with it. Yeah, and if, if they actually did this, I mean, I think it would be hard for one of them not to, for them to come to blows. I mean, because there's so much hatred between them, yeah. right? Like, there's there's zero respect between them. And, you know, if they've, like you mentioned, Bob, Phil's gone at Brandle personally and vice versa. So it's, uh, it's wild. Well, just to put a bow on this, what I find so interesting about this is that Rory is trying to take the opposite approach now at this point. He's come out and said last few weeks, I don't need to be the face of this anymore. I need to concentrate on my golf. I, I got to get back to being the best player in the world, mm-hmm. which is what I want to be. And I'm currently not that. And this is distracting to me. And I've given my pound of flesh to this. I have waved <laughs> the flag. And it's time. And it seems like Phil Mickelson is going the other way with that on the other side. And one can only wonder maybe it's because he doesn't think he has the golf left in the tank and he's willing to be distracted yep. and he's willing, who knows it's speculation, but it's interesting at this point in the game, why Mickelson would be making those choices now. I will say, do you think he's tweeting this out wearing a sunglasses still? Probably <laughs> drinking yeah. coffee. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> drinking coffee <laughs> on the other side. We'll get into three dub winners. Weird and what golf talk Canada live on location. RBC Canadian open. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by 
Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakina Week, Scully live on location, RBC Canadian Open. The 14th hole is behind us, the rink hole. That's going to be rocking every day a little bit more until we finally get the Sunday where it's going to be about to implode here as we're about to hand out our national championship. First up, Overdrive going to join us here starting on Wednesday. Full coverage. Uh, Bob will be with uh, Duffy and Dillette on uh, TSN Sports Center this week doing hits. Adam, you'll be all over the place, won't you? There'll be many hats worn. Many hats worn this week. I'm going to switch gears on Thursday and come in here early with you. Adam and I will switch chairs. We will. And I will get on my PGA Tour radio gear Mm. and get my 27-hole steps in up and down here. And, of course, uh, my personal physician, Mm. Dr. Petroff, will be driving for me again this year, as he always does. So looking forward to a great week, guys. All right, let's do it. It's 3-dub. It's Winners Weird and What. And, Bob, the T is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. Almost, almost blew it. Almost, Whoa, almost, uh, <laughs> almost blew it. Uh, it's only been, what, five, 40 years? Yeah, been playing. 40 years. <laughs> yep. uh, my winner this week is something we very, very lightly touched on at the start, which uh, the great Canadian weekend we had last yes. uh, over the weekend. We had three winners. We sort of touched on two in depth in Stephen Ames and Miles Creighton. The third one is Elena Sharp, who is just, in my opinion, one of the really, really good stories in Canadian golf and just a really good person. And she won on the Epson Tour kind of like the Corn Ferry Tour for uh, the LPJ circuit. It's the first win she's had since 2014. She is 42 years old, which on the LPJ wow. Tour is a little bit older. She was, when she was playing the last couple of years, she was generally the, the oldest or one or two of the oldest in terms of uh, players in the field. And last couple of years she struggled. She kind of lost her status. She's had to go down and play on the Epson Tour, but she has not lost hope. It could have been very easy for her, like, People, when they get, the women players, when they get to this age, a lot of them tend to say, okay, well, that's my time. I'm going to do something else. She put her nose to the grindstone, worked exceptionally hard, and pulled off the wind, and I'm, I'm so happy for her. In other words, uh, and other parts of her as well have been really, really outspoken. She uh, revealed last year that she's had a lot of trouble with mental health, mm-hmm. and she was in a really dark place, part of it, because where her game was, and she felt she was defined by her game, not unlike what uh, Rory was dealing with. But she's come through that, and she's been a real leader in terms of helping other players and, and going through that and being very open with it. So It's always great when someone puts in the work and, uh, and, and, and opens up when our professional athletes open up of, of what they're going through and you see them come through the other side and good things happen to good people who put the effort in. It's always great to see. Yeah, and, and for Elena Sharp, too, I remember interviewing her just before the Olympics a couple of years ago, and I said, what does it mean to you to be a two-time Olympian? And she yeah. sort of paused and was like, oh, my goodness. Landed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't think happened. about so that, good right? Good for her. This is quite a journey to come back. Yeah, good. And I hope there's more good things ahead of her. Mm-hmm. We'll see her at the uh, CP... KC Women's there Open. You go. Got that new so, name. There you go. <laughs> in uh, next in uh, August, of we're gonna get a see. we're gonna get a, uh, a Women's Canadian Open jar. And every time we screw up the <laughs> yeah, name, we gotta right. throw a two in the jar. 
My weird is something that we mentioned off the top a little bit with Miles Creighton, who won on the PGA Tour Latino America, and how his luggage, <laughs> a.k.a. his golf clubs, <laughs> got absolutely smashed. He had brand-new clubs, a brand-new golf bag. He flew to Colombia for this uh, Latino America tournament. And when you see the picture of his clubs, it looks like they've been put through a meat grinder or something. They're all broken. The bag is all ripped apart. I don't actually know how. I was trying to figure out how it could get this damaged in a plane. Like, like it looks like something that yeah, it's you almost like you'd have over. to intentionally have to run these over, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, <laughs> especially with the travel bags that you have. Yeah. Now. Like, it's not like it looked like someone took a hammer and just went hi ya, hi ya, hi ya. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Well, who knows? What are the odds? He just won. He won with a loner set. What are the odds that he has landed has landed this morning at Pearson with that loaner set? With the loaner set, yeah. Use some of the prize money to pay I'm like, buy there's a new no set. way. I'm going to the guy who gave me those loaner. I'm going, okay. There they are. Just tell me. There they are. Just tell me when I'm stopped peeling brownies. And you say stop, and the clubs come with me. Isn't That's that how that I mean, works. Like, just look how beat up they are. That it's is crazy nuts. if you're watching on TV. And then uh, my uh, my what is this week is uh, what a performance from our good friend Jessica Hadwin. If you don't know Jessica Hadwin, that's Adam Hadwin's bride. Mm -hmm. She is amazing on Twitter and uh, and on social media, all of social media. So Adam posted a picture over the weekend. He uh, was not playing on the weekend, I should point out, of the bottom drawer of their dishwasher and it it oh, yes. it's got some pots and a few <laughs> things in there and he and he writes anybody seen a worse display of space management and he tags his wife you could have put a lot more in this drawer i'm with adam on that part however jessica didn't really <clears throat> like that too much so she responded we all fall short on our weekend jobs, eh? Oh! <laughs> just let it hang. <laughs> Roasted. <Wow. laughs> Roasted. Oh, now, goodness. I don't know if I'm supposed to get, say this or not, uh, give this away, but apparently there's some talk that uh, they may be a feature in uh, next year's Full Swing. Yes. We'll see. I've, I'm not I've sure. Heard, I, I heard there, there might be some arm twisting that needs to take place yeah. there first. But. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, uh, Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! My winner this week, boys, here we are again. We had this conversation a few weeks ago on radio. The best golf course week, uh, year in, year out on the PGA Tour. And I brought up Riviera, and I brought up Quail Hollow, home of the Wells Fargo, and there's a few of them out there. And Bob immediately brought up, well, maybe it's Murfield Village. And my winner this week... Murfield Village, mm -hmm. for doing what it's supposed to do and being one of those iconic golf courses. It just went through a renovation process a couple of years back. Jack's house and seven under par wins again in a PGA Tour event. Two players tied at seven under par, Denny McCarthy, Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland in the playoff. But, I mean, when you get a fantastic golf course and you set it up properly and you have the right people in charge, i.e. Jack Nicklaus, etc., there is no distance problem, Bob, in the game of golf. Hard and fast, long, rough, greens that are a little bit quicker on the uh, on the scale. Yeah, that's a good defense of any golf course. doesn't uh -huh. matter how long it is. Uh -huh. You know, we'll have to go back. Maybe I'll do this. We'll do this. Maybe talk about this a little bit tomorrow. I know we got a busy show tomorrow with a lot of guests popping and whatnot, but I'm going to go through the PGA Tour calendar this year and find out how many times single digits have won a golf tournament this year on the PGA Tour? I bet you it's way more than people think. If you just mm -hmm. go from back to Silverado last year at the Fortnite Championship and to present day, I bet you you got way more single digit. And I tell you this, you got way more single digit winners than you do uh, past 20 under winners. 
And the conception is, or the perception, I should say, out there to the golfing public is 25 under par, 22 wins every week. Not the case. Mm -hmm. Let's get some data to back that up. Okay, my weird this week. Did you guys, we always can go to Florida for a weird. (laughs) Florida's always good for a weird, right? There's a golf course in Windermere, Florida, Windermere Golf Club. And they are part of an auto bond society, so it's very difficult for them to uh, make club decisions when it comes to their property. That also includes... The wildlife, the squirrels at Windermere are so aggressive that players are having a hard time. Members are scared to go out and play their golf course. They have, they've ultra, and now they want to take the squirrels and remove them from property because members are scared of the squirrels. Now, I don't, didn't get into the detail what these squirrels were doing to strike fear into the golf community there. And, or the size of these squirrels, maybe quite larger. Maybe they're just thinking they're squirrels and they're actually alligators. I don't know. Wow. But they are so scared of the squirrels, they're now talking to the Autobahn Society saying, uh, can we remove them? Help us here. Uh, we can't go play golf. Uh, what's the angriest squirrel you've ever seen, Scott? Well, I mean, <laughs> I've seen squirrels sort of nudge golf balls when they're in the fairway, potentially, every, every once in a while, like unintentionally. Right. Right. You would think, but right. not to this extent, Mark. This is wild. The, the, Bob, we get a lot of wildlife stuff from uh, uh, from uh, Florida. This is this is one's an absolute beauty. I've got a headline here on the BBC: Squirrel injures 18 people in two days of attacks in Buckley. So they're not alone. These Florida people. There you go. All right, my what this week? What a performance by Rose Zhang, and what uh, what of a debut? She won her first event as a professional on Sunday on the LPGA Tour. And this is from our friend Justin Ray, who is like, if you're not following Justin, forget it. He's, he's got such great information. This is the first in 72 years to win an LPGA event in their professional debut. Uh, debut. The last time, Beverly Hansen in 1951. That's how rare a feat this is. First ever to win the NCAA individual title and an lpga event in the same season in the span of less less than two weeks winning both those awards and first sponsors invite to win on the lpga tour since lydia co Mm. think of the company we're keeping here lydia co in 2013 rosang has arrived she's the next superstar in the game of golf watch out and could be a big summer for her and she's got three exams still to write this week in Stanford. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Got to give a shout-out to Derek Ingram, the Team Canada head coach, yep. who gave me some good tips last week at, at Golf Canada Media Day, and there were some drives that were in that 348 threshold over. When I'm time. healed up, I gotta, I gotta reach out to Derek and say, "Hey, you can't just give that." During information. this next commercial break, I'm gonna show you the drill. Okay, because you can't give that kind of inside information to just one member of Golf Talk Canada. That would unlevel, that would unlevel yeah. the playing field. And Bob and I gotta play against you and Nick when I'm <laughs> healthy. Right. And right. we're not giving up any more yards nope. to you guys. Nope. Although right. I will say, on Friday, Bob and I were partners, and we were successful as partners. Yes. So we maybe were. it's just Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just partner with Bob and just put the W on the board. Anyway, speaking of successful Canadian golfers, my winner this week, Stephen Ames and his wife. So there's a great video online of Stephen Ames FaceTiming his wife, Kelly. And so they have this little back and forth, and Kelly says, should I start calling you Bernhard now? 
I thought that was a great reaction because Stephen Ames' third victory of the season so far. As we mentioned earlier in the show, it has been awesome uh, to see. Okay, my weird this week, Dylan Fratelli. So in the first round at the Memorial, let's just say he was struggling. Okay. 15 over par through 14 holes. 15 over. He's on 90 watch. Standing on the 15th tee, hits it in the water. That's it. Pull shoot. He was out of there. I, I've seen illness as the reason. Oh, boy. But when you're on 90 watch. Well, it is still illness. He's know. sick of this game is what he is. We've <laughs> yeah. all been. <laughs> that was just, uh, that was. I was amazed last week how how many players were on that. Billy Horschel oh, had man. a rough life. I mean, there were guys shooting numbers last week at, at Murfield that you just do not see maybe ha- you see him maybe a handful of times a year and not in ma- and usually mm-hmm. usually in majors yeah and that that was a great setup last week for the most part yes that gets to my what okay and jason day he's on the 16th hole a par three and he hits a shot that bounces on the green goes in the bunker and like we mentioned earlier there was a, a hot mic a hot mic issue here and jason day uh there were a couple of profanities which happens from time to there's time there's live mics everywhere but what made it awkward was that jack nicholas was sitting in the booth when this happened yes so and jason day is a member and lives in the community at murfield village now jack nicholas did say afterwards when he did his press conference with victor hovland on sunday evening that there have to be changes to the 16th hole he has said that it was borderline unfair but the awkwardness of jason day saying this with jack nicholas there talk about awkward pretty awkward pretty awkward <laughs> was not easy no well we'll see uh jack's pretty smart he'll they'll soften it they listen and whatnot it's got if you, you got to be rewarded if you hit a good shot and if a good shot's not being rewarded mm-hmm. you know and that's the debate when we get to riviera every year at 10 now right i still think it's the greatest short par four in yep. the game of golf but they some of the pros are saying we need to play to land this golf ball right. why not here's the good news for all these guys complaining it was the same for everybody in the field right mm-hmm. everybody played exactly the same right. hole so just man up boys come on now <laughs> okay we're gonna go to break on the other side we're gonna put a bow on it we'll tee up tomorrow where we're gonna could have lawrence applebaum ceo of golf canada uh we may have uh, ralph bauer we're gonna reach out to ralph see if ralph can uh, pop in uh, who am i forgetting we do so, have ralph bauer 11 a.m there we go there we, we got go. ralph bauer we might bring in a guy by the name of jim clark who is in charge of the robot Picking yes. machine that's picking the range this Which week. Which is a Canadian, Canadian invention. Canadian invention. So we are going to go deep into Canadiana tomorrow and uh, get the man in charge in here as well, L.A. Lawrence Applebaum. So we'll tee up tomorrow. Uh, we'll put a bow on today's show. And in commercial break, Adam is going to walk Bob and I through the drill that has gotten him how much more? Uh, it's just some more sim- easy yardage, put it that way. Easy. <laughs> so, okay. So same numbers, easier I mean, Output? yeah, it's it's more of a it's a nice push draw versus a weak fade. Put it that way. And now it, I think there's a little more horsepower there. Possibly, really, possibly more in the tank. Yeah. Scary thought when it comes to you. <laughs> You're very we'll, scary. We'll talk about it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. 
ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up our first of five days at Oakdale Country Club for the RBC Canadian Open. And Overdrive, I've just been told, is starting today on location. Today. It is first up that arrives on Wednesday. That's correct. So we will all be here as of Wednesday, but we've got five days on TSN 2, on TSN 1050, on iHeartRadio, and uh, looking forward to it. I just got a pair of those ZGs. I got the neons that you got there. Oh, you did? I got them. Okay. They've arrived at the house. I I can't find the shirt, though. Okay. So so those, uh, so what we just heard is the ZG23. This is the ZG23 vent that have just been released as of last Thursday yeah. and uh, you, yeah, these shoes there. There's a traditional color in terms of uh, white, yeah. and then there's these a loud like, color, like a, a bold color. It's like a highlighter, like neon yellow highlighter color. Just the name Vent is good for Mark. It's good. It's it's right. good. <laughs> but these are so loud that I can't wear these until I'm healthy. Because you got to hit these. If you don't hit it like 300 plus, you cannot wear these. Yeah, shoes. and so when when we ran our interview with uh, Mason Dennison a couple weeks ago, and we we had that very conversation, and I actually ran into Stuart Johnson from TSN <laughs> at Bayview. He's, he's a member there, and he said, "Oh, those shoes are." Quite something, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yep. So's this drive, Stuart. Yeah, bang. <laughs> All right, let's uh, do some leaderboard updates from the world of golf. Uh, brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com for your rangefinder needs. And I don't know if you guys have seen the new Wingman 2. No. So cool. We're going to get one of those on set. I'm going to reach out to Jerome and get one. So the Wingman, of course, the, the, the Bluetooth speaker that everybody loved last year that gives you the audio caddy as well. But they've got the same thing this year, but they've added a screen to it as well. Wow. So you see front, middle, back to your yardages on greens on top of the screen so they just doubled down all in one probably can't keep those on the shelves anyway very cool all right on the corn ferry tour jorge fernandez valdez gets it done in a playoff over trent phillips one of these names just doesn't sound like the other <laughs> congratulations to jorge on the corn ferry uh, tour miles creighton uh, we mentioned it off the top of the show bob did it in winners weird and what with the loner set of clubs gets it done on the Latino America Tour. So, Miles Creighton in the field playing this week. Congratulations uh, on the win there. Also, another Canadian flag, Elena Sharp on the Epson Tour. Champions Four Change Invitational. She wins in North Carolina. Uh, Two-shot victory. Well done to Elena Sharp. And if you like your Canadian flags on top of leaderboards, you've got Stephen Ames winning for the third time over Jerry Kelly and Steve Stricker on the Champions Tour. Stephen Ames, a Sunday 67. He wins by one. Well done to Stephen Ames. And Victor Hovland over Denny McCarthy in a playoff at 7-under at the Memorial. And Scotty Scheffler finishing second one shot out of the playoff again and for like the fourth week in a row, putting blindfolded. Well done. <laughs> Interesting equipment choice. Don't know who his blindfold manufacturer is who provides him with the weekly blindfolds. Be interesting to see if he takes it off next week. <laughs> also, yeah. I'll give you a quick update on the yes. uh, U.S. Open qualifying that is going on down the street here at Lampton Golf and Country Club. There are 27 players fighting for three spots. Right now, Harry Hall is uh, in the house after his first round at six under. Uh, Arjuna Ande is five under. He's a U.S. guy. Richie Wierenski, PJ Tour player. Ryan Gerard, Tour player there, are both at five under. Ryan Armour, Ludwig Abberg, uh, right in there. Jay Kim, and our good buddy, um, Johan Benson, who 
does some broadcasting for, for RDS. RDS. He's a Quebec pro and former caddy on the tour. He's at one under through 17. Long way to go here yet. Uh, I was on a group chat with uh, Andre Gonzalez and Graham Dillette, and uh, Andre is not answering us. Oh. So there is a chance uh, that Dr. Dre made it. Or he's, just like, or he's just ignoring you. Or, but, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either or. It's been known to happen. Uh, tomorrow, we will wrap up uh, what was the longest day in golf yes. and let you know who punched their ticket to the Kenny Open. Bob's not going to be here for the entire show tomorrow, Bob? Or I'll be here right at the start for a little bit. i got to okay. see then, the uh, Hall of Fame induction. Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Who's going in this year? Jim Rutledge is uh, going in, and then there's Robert Weir, who was a uh, – posthumously he was a writer back in the early days of canadian golf so uh, bob will be handling that we're gonna have drop in central lots of guests including our friend ralph bauer scully and i for the full two hours tomorrow thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening and remember first good decision in the golf course it always starts in the closet this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by adidas golf and the zg23 ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.